And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode 196 or 197 today. Um, your host, Brandon Kurtzman and Commissioner, um, officially knocked out of the playoffs. Another season in the books for me. Um, tough way to go out. But um, very excited to talk about the week one, the uh, playoff week one, playoff round one games as well as the semifinal preview it was a really good day of football a lot of good game there were four games four I thought pretty good games highly competitive um you saw a lot of um players on a bunch of different teams make some big plays some unexpected guys some guys that have been doing it all season for their team um yeah, so let's just get right into it. The first game of the day was a 9 o'clock game between number one seed Kentucky playing against number eight seed Stanford. Um, we talked about in the last podcast how the last time I was the eight seed, I made a run and won the championship last fall um, and was looking to do so again this season, but um, there was that was not in the cards this season as the number one seed Kentucky handles business. I believe the final score, they were up, they went up uh, 27 to 18 and then they scored a pick six so I believe the final score was 33 to 18 final um we had a really good Stanford we had a really good first half of the game I thought we did played really well offensively defensively at least we made them work for it and took a lead in the middle of the second half and I kind of thought with one stop we were really gonna um put that thing away go up two scores and kind of cruise into a first round win um so it was 6-6 12-12 halftime we get a stop right before the half and then come out of the half with the ball. We score, go up 18 to 12. That's no conversions for either team through five touchdowns. And then biggest play of the game. It was third and 10 for Kentucky at their own 15. Um, and Chris takes a deep shot to Ryan Bartlett, who goes over Darielle and makes a huge play for a touchdown. Kind of changed the complexion of the game. I thought we were building a lot of momentum there. We got the stop before the half. We got the score right out of the half. So I thought we were we were primed, like I said, for that um, that stop on defense, followed by score to kind of put us up two scores and put the game away. Um, but Ryan Bartlett made one hell of a play. He um, went up over over the top. 35-yard touchdown, they get the extra point, go up 19-18, and then honestly on the next play, it was my fault. I called the screen, and then I went back to the receiver, told him to run a, a double move, didn't tell the lineman to stay in, so I was free rush while I was pump faking. Ray Cavano gets a big safety. They go up by three, um, and then I still we still had, we still had a lot of... Um, a lot of confidence. I thought we were going to be able to get a stop and get the ball back. And Chris does a great job getting a third down run to get a first down. And then on fourth down, Chris does what he does best. He extended the play for a really long time. And he was able to find Liam in the front of the front, uh, front corner of the end zone for a touchdown that put them up by nine and kind of put the game away. I think they ended up actually winning. Um, I think they were up 28 to 18 and won 34, 18, but, um, yeah, no, just it was it was a tough game, and then they had the Ryan Bartlett had the pick six. I would say player of the game was probably Ryan Bartlett. Two touchdowns, few other catches. Um, Hogreave had a good game plan. They screened a lot. They um, they got rid of the ball fast. They didn't allow the D line to make any impact really on the game for a lot of plays. I tried to play. I we we tried a lot of different defenses. I played some D line. I played some middle linebacker. I I did. I thought I did as much as I could to try to win this game. Jake played great. He was making every flag pull. He probably finished with eight or nine in this game. Um, did a great job offensively in the first half, and we were really moving the ball. 
and kind of pushing it. But nonetheless, the Kentucky, who was the best team all season, they earned the number one seed. They were 7-1 going into this game, and they got the job done. Even without uh, Mike Konish playing in this game for them, they were able to get the job done. He's a huge part of their offense, also going to be a big part of their defense if needed. Um, yeah, they like I've said all year, I think they had the most complete team in the league, top to bottom, line to receivers, to quarterback, to DBs, to everything. So um, it's not a surprise that they won. I just felt like they were we were going to be able to get the dub. And up until that big touchdown catch, I kind of thought the momentum was in our favor at that point in the game. But uh, kudos to them. Liam had a, a couple big plays in this game. I thought Q Hunter did a great job guarding him um, for a lot of the game. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you just can't get it done. And we gave it all we had. Just wasn't really our time. Wasn't our season. And uh, I'll come back stronger. But Hogreave gets the job done. Uh, gets his first bear down playoff win as a quarterback. Advanced to the semifinals for the first time in his career. And uh, is looking for that elusive first title. All right. The 10 o'clock game was Tulane against Texas A&M. There was a lot of uh, rumors swirling around this game early on. Um, was Trevor going to be there? Were Texas A&M going to have enough players to play? A&M was the three seed coming into this game. Um, played well throughout the season. Tulane was a six seed, kind of up and down year all season. Um, I felt I picked Tulane in this game, and Tulane did end up winning this game. I don't remember what the final score was. I know I posted it on the story when it happened. Uh, but Tulane took care of business. They won by a, a, a decent margin. Honestly, at the end of the day, A&M just didn't have the guys there to win the game. They were missing Hardigan. They were missing Josh Taylor. They didn't have Kokoda. They needed their bodies there to win this game. This was a game that you probably needed all 10 guys there to beat a two-lane squad that did beat them 8-6 to six and now beat Trevor twice this season. Um, Jeremy uh, Cruz probably played his best game at quarterback in the league. He was slinging the ball. Dan Park had a really good day. Um, CJ made a crazy catch in the end zone on a conversion. Um, or on a touchdown, honestly, I don't remember. Um, but there was a lot of shit talking in this game. AM kind of was able to keep it close early, but Tulane's offense was a well-oiled machine on this day, and they pull off the dub. I thought this was a complete team effort. They got after Trevor um, very fast with a weaker offensive line playing for them. Um, at the end of the day, I just really think that Tulane on this day was a much better team. They had all their guys there. They all played a role in this win. The lawn was amazing. Um, Douglas was great. Jeremy Cruz, honestly, was the star of the show. I'd give him player of the game for sure. Um, he was really just being very confident with his throws, running the ball when he had to. And they didn't really give um, Trevor and Texan any real life. Uh, you didn't hear a lot of cheering from that that side because they just kind of really weren't able to get things going, especially in the second half of the game. Um, just kind of felt like they were at a disadvantage from the beginning. Trevor also ended up playing in this game after not being able to for a large portion of the week. Uh, he kept them close early, but at the end of the day, I think Tulane was just a much well, more well-equipped team to uh, handle this game and get the job done. They have a really good team. And if they show up in full each of the next two games, you could be looking at a potential champion. Um, all right. The next game on the day was the Nick Suroff led Colorado Buffaloes against, um, against the UTEP Miners led by Mikey Organo and company. Mikey and UTEP had won the regular season matchup. 28 to 22 
Um, I picked the Colorado Buffaloes in this game. They were the number two seed in the league at six and two, and they were able to make my prediction correct and come out on top in this game. I believe the final score was 20 to six. Um, slow paced game, which is kind of playing right into Mikey's hands. Um, but Suroff was able to score on his first two drives of the game, had a nice touchdown throw to Bolin and had a nice touchdown to Justin as well. And their defense played great. They forced a lot of bad throws. Mikey was a little off his game. Wasn't really um, playing his best ball. His team, honestly, they played pretty solid defense, I thought. But they just, I don't know, they just couldn't really get the ball rolling. Um, I just feel like it just wasn't their day. They just weren't playing their best ball. And at the end of the day, um, you have to play your best ball in the playoffs. And I just don't think UTEP was... Fully prepared and locked in for this game. Taking nothing away from the Colorado side. Um, they played a really good offensive game. I thought Staroff made some really good throws. I thought he made some throws that could have been picked off by Mikey. Mikey had a few defensive stops early, I thought. Um, but there was just a little too much a little too much missed flag grabbing. Um, and I thought Staroff had a good game plan coming in and kind of just got the job done. Justin was a beast in the middle of the zone. Um, Bowen played a great had a great game. Bowen scored two touchdowns in this game. I probably give him player of the game. Had a long touchdown. Um, actually, at one point, I believe on the live, uh, I said to Hogreave, I said, this is the drive of the game. And on the very next play, Bowen caught a 45-yard bomb down the sideline, gave the peace sign, and kind of that was, and that was really all she wrote. I never was worried that Colorado was going to lose this game after watching the first half. I felt like they dominated the game, honestly. Um, UTEP had their moments of moving the ball. They finally scored in the second half, but they just really weren't able to get anything going offensively. But defensively, I thought UTEP played fine. Um, it was really just the offense, I thought, that really just wasn't able to get it done in this one. Uh, UTEP, I mean, sorry, but Colorado wins this game 20-6 to um, and punches their spot and get another semifinals for the the three of Bowen, Justin, and Suroff. All right, the last game of the day was a rematch of a game that was very interesting from just a few weeks earlier was number four seed Oregon playing number five seed Texas. Um, Earlier in the year, Oregon played Texas. Oregon started the game with five guys, um, held the score at 14 to 13 until two more of their guys showed up and ended up winning the game uh, 50 to 26. On this day, that would not be the case. Um, uh, Texas had basically a full squad there. Um, Paulie made his basically season debut. He played a half of football in the first game of the season. Tommy basically told him rest up and get ready for the playoffs. And he did just that. It's, 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 it's uh, funny to say, but I feel like he did exactly what was needed. He got healthy and then he ended up making some big plays in the second half, but this was a full team effort by Texas, but I would be remiss to not um, talk about how good Tommy Galante was in this game. Um, Tommy, probably had this one of the single best quarterback performances I've seen in this league in a long time, if not ever. Um, he was making dudes miss. He was hitting all of his throws. His play calls were on the on point and his throws were on the money. Um, Nicky Venti had a huge day. Mikey Giordano had a nice day. Paulie Caldonado had a big day and Jimmy Flott had a big day. Um, it was a huge day for the Texas offense. They win this game 37 to 20 and they kind of slowed, they slowed down an Oregon team that, really for the majority of the season, was a very high-powered offense, used the laterals to their advantage, scored on a lot of unconventional plays. Um, Justin did return for this game, 
Um, but he still was kind of facing a hand injury early in the game. Him and Cyrus were like taking turns playing quarterback. Then the second half, Justin just played quarterback. Um, they were a little undermanned. They were missing a couple guys. Um, but they did keep it close for a while. But at the end of the day, Tommy was very elite on this day as he's been for a large majority of his career in this league. Um, very, uh, surprised by the lack of attendance from the Oregon team in this game, even though it's kind of been the story of their season. I thought they would kind of lock in because they knew they really had a good chance at winning the championship, but it was not meant to be. Um, and they end up falling to Texas in this one. And the Texas team who I didn't, I, I'm not, I don't remember who I picked in that game. I want to say I picked Oregon because I had them as my dark horse to win the championship. So uh, I went two and two on the day in my picks. Uh, Texas was amazing in this game. All they, they played great on both sides of the ball. Um, Oregon kind of just lacked a little energy, especially in the second half, and it came back to bite them. All right, so the semifinals are set for this Sunday at Sayreville High School at 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, you will have the five-seed Texas playing against the one-seed Kentucky Wildcats. Um, earlier in the season, uh, Texas gave Kentucky their only loss, 31 to 26. So it should be an interesting matchup in the semifinals. And then the 11 o'clock game, you have the two seed Colorado Buffaloes taking on the six seed Tulane Green Wave. Uh, earlier in the season with Douglas playing quarterback for them, Sura, uh, Colorado won 30 to six with three pick sixes, I believe, or two pick sixes and three interceptions. And the game was never, um, it was never close. It was never really competitive. And I'm expecting Tulane to be much more focused and prepared for this one, especially with a different quarterback now at the helm. All right, let's talk about the first, um, the first game of the day. It's 10 o'clock. I just said it, one seed Kentucky versus five seed Texas. Um, this is going to sound disrespectful, but I think Kentucky has the, the, the edge at, all spots in the starting in the starting league lineups like I think they have better I think they have a, be, a more well-rounded group of receivers than um Texas and I think they have a better well-rounded uh trenches game offensive line defensive line than Texas what I will say is that I believe that the the Texas Longhorns have the better quarterback in this matchup and if anyone watches football you know the quarterback is the most important important position on the field and a quarterback can go out there and win you a game by himself um, if he's playing up to that elite level that he was playing last week. Um, last time these two teams played, Texas won 30-126. It was very early in the season. I think I believe it was week two or week three. Um, so we're talking almost six weeks ago now. Um, and it, 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 was, it was a good game. It was competitive. But I just feel like Kentucky, I mean, Texas just, Tommy was just able to make their defensive lineman miss in the backfield, was able to extend plays for a really long time. And it's no fault to Kentucky's defensive backs, but when, when a quarterback is able to make guys miss in the backfield and extend plays for six, seven, eight seconds, it is hard to guard these receiver, guard any receiver, let alone guys like Paulie, speedsters like Mikey and uh, Nick Venti and Jimmy Flott, who always just kind of finds himself open in the middle of the field. Um, this is going to be an interesting game. I want to see how Texas's, Texas's defense comes out because I don't think we want to get, I don't know, I'm not saying Tommy doesn't want to get into a high-scoring affair, but um, Kentucky is a team that's put up a lot of points in a hurry at a lot of different times this season. So I'm not sure you want to get into a, um, 
what what do you call it a uh, a sprint a sprint with them. Um, I think that Tommy should definitely try to keep their offense off the field, force them to play six, seven play drives on defense. Um, but obviously, if you take what defense gives you, if they're giving you the deep shot, got to take the deep shot. Um, this is a tough game. I think I'm going to take Kentucky. I think I'm going to take the number one seed Kentucky to move on to the finals. I think that um, I think they have. I've been saying it all year. They have the most well-rounded team in the league, and Hogreave is playing at a very elite level right now, as well um, as guys like Liam and Konish, Leota, um, Ray Cafano. They just are a really well-rounded team and a really like. Um, good team that know how to play with each other and they've shown all season that their defense is really good and that their offense is even better. Um, if Texas is going to win this game, I expect huge games from Tommy and Pauly and big defensive game from Roman. I think Roman is truly the X factor in this game. I feel like whenever Roman plays really well, Texas has a good record. When Roman doesn't have as loud of games as he normally does, um, Texas might struggle a little bit defensively. Roman's really good at getting sacks on the quarterback. He's very good at banging the ball down the line. Um, and he definitely is an X factor in this game. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm calling him out because I think if they're going to win and they're going to need some defensive stops, and he's probably going to be a reason why those defensive stops occur. So um, I'm rolling with Kentucky in this game, but I would not be shocked if Tommy advances to what would be his third finals appearance uh, in Bear Down. Still also... Um, looking for that first elusive ring. Okay, the second game of the day in the other semifinal is the 2 seed Colorado Buffaloes hosting the 6 seed Tulane Green Wave. Uh, like I said before last time these two teams played, it was a Colorado avalanche defensively. Justin picked six, Bowen picked six. Uh, Justin had a couple touchdowns offensively as well. DeLon covered Justin in this game. Um, I personally think that that helps the, the Colorado offense. Um, because it puts less pressure on Suroff uh, from the defensive line. If DeLon covers Justin, they're going to have to do creative things to help Justin get open. Get open. I know last uh, last time they played, Suroff did a really good job of uh, motioning Justin a lot, getting him going before the ball was snapped, helping him get off of any press that DeLon is able to um, get hands on him before the five yards. Um, but I don't want, just because Delon is there, I don't want Suroff to go away from Justin. I think you still need to get Justin his targets, but guys like Dins and Bullen and um, and Manny and Shraba still got to get their targets. Um, don't play a different game than you played the last couple of weeks. I think you've been playing at a very high level right now, and I do think that Suroff is primed for a first finals appearance in the league. Um, but if Tulane is going to stop it, I think the key to them is Collapsing the pocket, forcing Suroff into quicker throws than he wants, forcing him into bad decisions and throwing into traffic, um, and kind of just getting him out of his game. I love Suroff, but he's someone that if he's not playing well and emotions are flaring, he lets his emotions fly sometimes and he wears his heart on his sleeve. So um, I think one of the big things for Justin and Bullen are going to be to... Um, are going to be to uh, keep Suroff level-headed Make sure he doesn't get too much ahead of himself and make sure that he keeps the game plan simple. Don't try to be too creative. Don't try to force the ball down the field if you don't have to. Um, I just think that there's a lot of things that you could prevent that Suroff, uh, previous Suroff teams have failed on in semifinals games. Um, and if Tulane's going to win, they're going to have to kind of exploit some of that. I would be If I'm Tulane, I'm talking shit from the moment the game starts. Um, and I'm trying to 
make this a, a gritty, grinded out game instead of a high scoring game. Uh, Tulane did score a lot of points in their last playoff game, but I wouldn't call them a high powered offense. Uh, Colorado Bolsters, one of the best flag pulling teams in the league, in my opinion, with Justin at middle linebacker, Dins and uh, Schropp at corner, three really good flag pullers in the middle of the defense. Um, and they have good rushers, Matt Marola. Um, who had a six or seven sack season in, in eight games. Suroff, who's a menace uh, on the defensive line. Um, and then you have overliables like Steve Drew and Joe DiMeo. Um, the X factor of the game, I would say, is the Colorado offensive line. How well can you hold up? DeMeo, Drew, Matt Marola. If you hold up well, you're going to have a really good chance to win this game. If you struggle at times, it could be a struggle for the Colorado offense. My pick is Colorado. I think that we're going to have a Hogreef versus Surhoff final. I think it'll be the one versus two seed in the league playing for the championship on September 17th. Um, thanks for listening. I appreciate everybody uh, for hanging with us all season. I'm going to get these uh, awards done in the next week or so. Um, had some personal stuff I was taking care of, if you saw on Instagram. Um, but uh, all is good now. We are back on track and fall registration is out. So make sure you sign up now. We're looking to get the draft done very soon, probably next week. Um, it's it's a It was a good season. I'm happy these, these four teams are left. It's actually really cool because... Um, because I think for the first time, we're, we have a Final Four when none of the four quarterbacks have won a championship. Um, and I think that is good to see that guys are stepping up, making plays and putting themselves in better positions to win. Um, thank you all for listening again. And we will see you at Sayreville High School at 10 o'clock on Sunday. Peace.